0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 80 where Asaph speaks out against those who have conspired against the Lord and against Israel in praise for God to confound them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms. On simply the Bible.
0: It can be difficult to deal with certain people. In fact, someone once said that ministry would be great if it weren't for people. But one of my favorite quotes comes from Alan Redpath, who said, People are the nails that drive us to the cross. Difficult and offensive people are sure to come. In fact, We've probably been one of them to somebody else. The question is, how do we deal with them? How do we keep our sanity? How do we keep from becoming ugly Christians? Psalm 83 is the last of the 12 psalms attributed to Asaph, who was one of David's worship leaders. There are other psalms we believe were written after he died, and yet they were also credited to Asaph. So it's thought that these were written by one or more of his descendants. This psalm addresses those enemies who conspired against the Lord and against Israel. It is a prayer that God would confound them and put them to shame. The circumstance Asaph describes easily fits in with the story of King Jehoshaphat of Judah in Second Chronicles 20. The people of Moab, Ammon, and Edom joined forces and came against Judah. Jehoshaphat greatly feared. So he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And then he prayed, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against you, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I love this prayer and often have prayed it myself. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. It is very possible that this was the situation that inspired Asaph to write this psalm. Psalm 83, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. There are times when we don't want God to hang back. The situation is miserable and we need him to do something. We need him to rebuke the wicked and we need him to do it now. Asaph said, your enemies make a tumult. The wisdom of Asaph's prayer is that he points out that they were enemies of God. They were coming against him, for they were seeking to take the possession that God had given to his people Judah. I think we do err many times in seeking to get God on board with our agenda. We want him to come against our enemies, but we would be much wiser To make sure that we're on God's side, to be in alignment with His agenda. We want to be so united with Jesus that when people come against us, they are coming against Him. And when they come against Him, they are coming against us. Then we can say, those who have hated you have lifted up their head. Don't let them prevail against you, Lord. Now, the truth was that this confederacy of nations was not only conspiring against the Lord, they were also conspiring against the people. That's tough to deal with. Most of us want others to like us. And when they join forces against us and start telling each other what they don't like about us, well, that's hard to deal with. But imagine if multiple nations took counsel together to destroy you, to drive you from your home, and to rob you of all your possessions. That is what Judah was facing. They wanted the entire nation to cease to exist. They wanted to cut them off from their possession and from the land of the living. They wanted to wipe out the name of Israel from under heaven. This effort to destroy God's chosen people has been going on a long time and has been repeated throughout history. Hitler sought to exterminate the Jews. But behind this crazy hatred is Satan who hates the descendants of Abraham because it would be through them that Messiah would come. And even now Satan hates them because they represent God's faithfulness to always keep his promises. The fact that Israel exists today as a nation after having been scattered throughout the world for 1900 years is a miracle of God's power to protect His chosen ones and to bring to fulfillment this final hour when God will wrap up history as we know it and establish Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In every generation, the devil says, let us cut off the Jews, but it will always fail for God preserves His people forever. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot, Selah. The devil has the numbers. He knows how to get people who normally will have nothing to do with each other to unite against God and his people. The Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' day normally had nothing to do with each other, but they united against Christ. Here the descendants of Lot, Moab and Ammon, were joined with the descendants of Esau and with the descendants of Ishmael, Abraham's son by Hagar. The Amalekites were perennial enemies of Israel, as were the Philistines. Even the people of Tyre, who had collaborated with Solomon in building the temple, joined in this evil conflagration of nations. Assyria, too, joined the confederacy. Who wouldn't be terrified by such an enormous army? No wonder Jehoshaphat called for a fast and for all the people of Judah to seek the Lord. They were in desperate and dire circumstances. Have you ever been in a situation where those who oppose you seem so much more numerous and mightier than those who stand with you? The devil wants you to believe that he's got the power, but it's a lie. For if God is for you, then who can be against you? And God in any one person is a majority. We must get our eyes off the enemy and off the people working for him and on to God. Lord we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Verse 9, deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the brook Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became as refuse on the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, Yes, all their princes like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession." Asaph did the right thing. He prayed that God would deal with them. Now, when I or the people I love are attacked, the easiest thing for me to do is to become defensive. I do my best to fight the battle, but often I'm ashamed to say it's with weapons of the flesh. In my better moments, I have found that it is a much wiser plan to pray that God will deal with it and then get out of the way and let him do it. He handles it so much better than I do. Now, Asaph considers God's faithfulness to deliver Israel in the past as the basis for his prayer. That is always a wise strategy, for Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's faithfulness to us in the past demands our present trust. But it also gives us a strong argument in pleading to him before the throne of grace. Lord, you did this in the past. Do it again. Show this generation what you can do. We know that you did mighty deeds for our ancestors, but please do it for us too. Now, Asaph says, deal with them as with Sisera and Jabin. Jabin was the king of the Canaanites during the period of the Judges, and Sisera was his commander. Deborah was judging Israel at the time, and she told Barak to go against Sisera in battle. But Barak said he would only go if she went with him. So Deborah agreed, but she said that the glory of the battle would go to a woman. Sure enough, a woman named Jael killed the Canaanite commander Sisera with a tent peg. Asaph also prayed that God would deal with them as he dealt with the Midianites. God raised up Gideon to defeat them. Oreb and Zeab were two Midianite princes. Zeba and Zalmunna were the two kings of Midian. They were all killed by Gideon and the people of Israel. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods... And as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth." Asaph imagines God as sending a mighty tempest to blow away this confederacy. Make them like whirling dust or chaff before the wind. He pictures a raging fire traveling up the side of a mountain and destroying everything in its path. So he prays that God would go before them as the consuming fire. Asaph prays that God will fill their faces with shame. Now, he could have simply been seeking revenge against the enemies of Israel, but he had a deeper purpose. He says, fill their faces with shame so that they will seek your name. He wasn't simply wanting to destroy them. He wanted them to be saved and to become worshipers of Jehovah. And that should be our attitude toward those who oppose us. Maybe we have the attitude of our Lord, who prayed from the cross, Father Forgive them, for they know not what they do. But Asaph does pray that they will be confounded and ashamed. He prays for a decisive victory for Israel. If this was written during the time of Jehoshaphat, then his prayer was answered. The Lord told Jehoshaphat, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And on the morning of the battle... Jehoshaphat sent out the worship team to sing praises. Then the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Edom to start fighting among themselves. When the army of Judah arrived at the field of battle, all they saw were dead bodies everywhere. Asaph concludes his prayer by saying that they may know that you are most high. Certainly the enemies of God discovered that day that there was no counsel or force that would succeed against the Lord or His people. Whatever challenges you may be facing, I pray that God will give you faith that He is big enough to deal with them. Remember, the battle belongs to the Lord. Trust in Him and stand and see
1: His salvation. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website Next time, we'll look at two Psalms from the sons of Korah that speak of the blessedness of dwelling in the Lord's house and pray for revival and restoration. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.